everyone and welcome to the Koala Club podcast, a podcast made by and for international students in Australia. I am Kevin and I am Trang and we talk about everything education, work and lifestyle for overseas students in Australia. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Koala Club podcast. Welcome back, Kevin. Hi, Chang. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, so today we are going to delve into the topic of buying a car as an international student. And oddly, I'm quite excited about this episode because when you mentioned this topic as an idea we could discuss, I was quite excited. I thought, yeah, it's something I didn't really think of uh, when we were planning for our topics. And it's something that's definitely so informative because I'm sure when you're an international student and you first come to Australia... That would be one of the things you would think about is, oh, because cars here are so cheap and everyone has a car, even like 16, 17 year olds have a car. So definitely did cross my mind and my friends' minds that, oh, should we get a car? Yeah, definitely. It is very exciting for us as well. Like you said, we realized like, oh, cars in here are so cheap compared to say where we come from, like because uh, some countries around the world and for example, where we are from in Vietnam, they have... Um, like a very high tax bracket for cars. So like it, it almost like you're paying double or even triple for a car, mm. original price. So when we find out that cars in Australia is very um, attainable, you know, I think it's, you know, very exciting. Like you can get your own car and you can drive everywhere. And that is a very exciting thing for like an 18 or 19 years old. Yeah, but obviously there are a lot of considerations that need to happen before you buy that car so hence this topic yeah that's right there were so many things like you know involved with buying a car before and that's why we want to make this episode so we can you know give you all the information you need yeah so did you want to just talk us through your experience of buying a car here in australia yeah sure so i think i bought my first car in australia in about 2016 uh, it was actually my and my girlfriend's car together because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we thought like, oh, it's like uh, inst- instead of we trying to buy, um, you know, each of us uh, a different car and maybe get like a quite old car with a few thousand dollars, we can, you know, um, put money together and get a rather better one. <laughs> so that's what we did. Um, it was a um, Suzuki uh, Auto, a little four-seat car. Because um, the middle seat at the back seat is is too small, they don't let us. They don't, there's no seat belt, so you can't sit there. There, uh, we call it the Smurf Auto Smurf because it uh it is a bright blue color, like the color of the Smurf in a Smurf <laughs> cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, we call it a Smurf. We bought it for about eight thousand Australian dollars. It was very good price because the original price is around fourteen thousand or fifteen thousand, so almost half price. Uh, we got a good deal because it was a lady owner. Uh, she only drove 2,000 kilometers. It was almost brand new. Mm. It's just that she didn't drive it anymore and just sat in her garage. So she wanted to sell it. Uh, we were very lucky because we didn't actually have a mechanic to go with us to check how the car works. We just And we didn't know anything about cars back then, right? We just had like a little test drive. We look around the car. Um, we did not check underneath the car because the underneath the side is a little bit scuffed. 
but it's only cosmetic, but nonetheless, it's still. And uh, yeah, like I said, we were very lucky. Uh, after I bought the car, the car works fine. And I think I had it until late 2021 when I uh, sold it again for about 5500 I think. Wow, so you didn't make a big loss from it at all. It's only 2000 Yes, and, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and uh, actually, uh, uh, I think thanks to COVID, <laughs> the pandemic, you know, it pushed uh, the car prices up and the secondhand car market goes crazy. So we sold like right at the peak of the secondhand car market. I think um, normally we would probably just get 4000 or 3000 for it. But because of that boost, from the pandemic um we just yeah the car car prices going crazy in australia um after the pandemic mm, yeah and and we will talk about like where you can actually buy a car here in australia but just touching on your experience briefly how did you find that car we i remember we found it through gumtree I think because back then I didn't even know that like, I th- I don't think there was a Facebook marketplace in 2016 and um I didn't know about car so all these dealer website I just went mm-hmm. on Gumtree because that's where that's like a local eBay of Australia you know yeah. um, but like more local people selling things so it's quite I would say it's quite trustworthy like you would get like normal people, everyday people selling their things there. And mm-hmm. normally they have their description quite honest. So, you know, the description, you know, when you buy a car, uh, a lot of the time you get like a lady owner when it's like a, a man driving it to the ground <laughs> and smoking in the car or something. <laughs> but um, but I was uh, actually quite surprised when I say lady owner is actually a lady owner. Uh, she asked like her nephew or something to sell it, but it was actually her and uh, was only the car had only got 2000 mm-hmm. kilometers. So it was basically brand new. So that's why I got it from Gumtree. Mm, interesting. And yeah, lucky purchase as well. Yeah, so in terms of my experience, I also bought my first car here in 2016. So technically, I've already graduated then. So and technically, I wasn't an international student anymore, but it was still like my first experience of buying the car. And I bought it at the the dealer, to the Toyota dealers where they sell secondhand cars. So you actually went to the dealer? Mm, yeah, so you know where they just have like massive rows of cars that are second hand. Yeah, yeah. They have a big price on the cars. Yeah, was it a good experience? Yeah, overall it was a good experience, and I went with my boyfriend at the time, which is my husband now, <laughs> who <laughs> knows a lot us. about cars. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows a oh, lot about good. cars. So it was good because I think if I went alone, I would probably be overwhelmed by all the choices and not sure what to look out for when buying a car. And again, we'll talk about this later in the episode about car dealers, but the car dealer was a little bit pushy in selling the car Mm. and you just got to be stern and firm as to which car you want. And this is, you're only buying this and you're not Mm. buying extra stuff and stuff like that. So yeah, it was good, good experience overall. And we, I think it was a good purchase as well. was a not that old car i can't remember how much it was um but i'm still using it now yeah six oh, years really? later so wow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay so about six years 
Mm. It's yeah, it's not long, but it's not certainly not short for owning a car. Mm. Yeah, and how how is it performing now? Like, uh, have you got any issue with that at all? No, luckily it's going good. Like we didn't have to do any major things yep. to it so far. It's just like changing the tires and just mm. regular maintenance. But yeah, we've I think we've hit hundred and sixty thousand Ks already. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Still running well. That's yeah. that's, well, that's Toyota for you. Mm, yeah, good brand. <laughs> Not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wish. <laughs> cool. So, um, okay. So that leads us to the next part we want to talk about is perhaps uh, the first thing when you want to buy a car in Australia is actually asking yourself, do you really need a car? I feel like everyone skipped this step because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, let's get a car. Um, and I have seen personally, I have seen a lot of friends bought their cars, very exciting, and they ended up really didn't use it much. So the car just um, sat there in the garage, uh, collecting dust. Or uh, worse, uh, if they don't have a, a garage, they, uh, the car would just uh, sit out in the on the street, like mm-hmm. parking off street, and you know all that rain and weather. And if you don't drive a car for a long time, the engine may run into problem. Mm. So yeah, all sort of problem. So before you buy a car, for us yourself, do you really need a car? And this here's a few points for you to consider. Assuming you already uh, have a license, right? If if you don't have a license, <laughs> and you say, "Oh, just buy a car and I get a license later," you know, getting a license in Australia is is not a like it's not gonna happen straight away, right? You you need certain kind of test. You need to do tests. You need to book in the test, and then if you under twenty five, you need to do a certain number of hours learning drive. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a learner, so it could take a few months. Um, what I'm saying, to for you to get a license. So if you haven't got a license yet, um, try to get your license first, and then go buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just so just really consider like assuming you already got your license now and you're like okay maybe I can get a car, but just really ask yourself why do you need the car? Is it because you need to go grocery shopping? You need to go to work and you need to go to uni and you live in somewhere that's not that convenient to get public transport? Like say where we are in Wollongong, like we've got free buses. Um, and paid buses, and you can walk. But I guess some suburbs, like residential suburbs, could be a little bit far from the shops, from the uni. So it could be more convenient to get the car instead of having to walk 15 minutes to get the bus and then wait for the bus and then get to uni. But I mean, like, say if you live in Sydney or Melbourne, where public transport, trams, buses, trains, is so convenient and not delayed most of the time, I hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> not recently. <laughs> no, not recently, but that's a different story. But yep. <laughs> uh, theoretically, if it's on time and you can walk to most places or walk to get public transport, then maybe you do not need a car. So, yeah, really ask yourself that question whether you would your life would be improved by getting that car. And I know that in major cities like Sydney or Melbourne, you know, or any major CBD, right? Uh, a lot of uh, like adults, a lot of people who already graduated and work for a long time, uh, they don't even have a car. They don't even own a car because 
firstly parking in those cities is very expensive and if you live in a, a apartment for example um, you may not always have a car spot right um, and uh, another thing that that thing you mentioned is the public transport is just so convenient um, mm. and it's everywhere so there isn't really a need for a car and also like the uber uh, network in those cities is very strong so uh, every now and then if you need to go out to a restaurant outside the suburb with a friend uh, instead of driving your car you can catch a uber or something i think there was a study or um, you know survey about this and it ended up if you use uber every now and then like that it ended up to be cheaper than owning a car yourself wow that's interesting yeah so i think the owning a car yourself is just the convenience and also like say if you go to a friend's uh, house or if you go to a restaurant together you can give your friends a lift uh, you can pick up a few people you know be be the popular guy uh, if you <laughs> uh, but otherwise if you have no need for that uh, you can do just as well as well with no cars in major cities yeah and i think it just reminds me of like a story um of some people i knew from sydney who were about my age a couple of years ago which was 26 27 um and they were only getting their learner's license then but they live in sydney so then it made me like really compare to like say kids here in wollongong they would get their license at 16 17 because the car is so convenient to go around but because mm. they live in Sydney, it's like they didn't feel the need to get a car or drive until now. So it's just interesting, that comparison. Yeah, exactly. Like in uh, regional uh, or, you know, uh, cities where things are quite f- a little bit further from each other, you know, getting a, you know, a license to drive in early, like 16, 17 is really popular. And that's mm-hmm. what I see as well in major cities. Um, people don't feel the need of getting that license that early. Okay, so next thing to consider is financial uh, considerations. So what is your budget? How much you can afford for your car and how much you want to to buy a car for the price? That way you can narrow the price range of your cars and maybe pick the model to suit your needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also the... Uh, the cost of buying a car is not just upfront cost, but you also have to factor in the ongoing commitment from it. We did a rough calculate. It's about three to six thousand dollars per year. Also, like you have to have a sinking fund in case when you have like parking tickets or uh, speeding tickets when you get fined. <laughs> yeah, definitely learn to read the parking signs if you do get a car. Um, but I guess just other incidentals like you you drive to uni and you need to park at uni. That's mm. at least five ten dollars a day. If you go to the shopping mall, that's here in Wollongong, it's three fifty an hour, and after that, it's ten dollars. So it does rack up if you have to go every day or every two or three days. Yeah, and just on the price range, it was interesting because I actually looked up to see what was the cheapest price on car sales in preparation yep. for this episode. Yeah, and I think the cheapest car was nine hundred dollars. Really. Yes, but it was a 1990-something model, and it had yeah. like 250,000 Ks on it. So just so just for our listeners, like when you hear $900 or $1,000 for a car, it can be really tempting to jump in and purchase the car. But then usually the cheaper cars would mean that they're older in model, 
and the kilometers are very high. So it, it's been used quite a lot. So just something to consider uh, because it could be really appealing to go for a cheaper car. Yeah, for the I find that for the normal average people, like us buying a cheaper car like that actually end up costing more mm. than buying just a, a better and more expensive car because the cost of maintenance is just too much. And unless you are a mechanics, professional mechanics and you can like fix your cars up very quickly or do maintenance yourself, then you may be saving money if you buy a cheap car and do um, all the maintenance yourself like that. Uh, but if you're not uh, and don't know that stuff very well, it could end up, uh, you know, costing you quite a lot to do the maintenance and repair. Yeah, definitely not cheap. Anything to do with mechanical repairs. <laughs> so the other thing that I think we've touched on earlier about buying a car is actually where can you store the car? Because if you live uh, in a crowded residential area, there may be only a few parking spots for the residents, so you have to park on the street. If you're really lucky, you probably have a garage that's attached to your unit or apartment, so that's a bonus. But yeah, really think about that because, as you said before, if you park it on the street, it just collects dust, it gets weather damage. And here we have large hailstorms, so yeah. ice falling from the sky. You definitely yeah. do not want that to damage your, your windscreen. So, and yeah. they're quite big, yeah. Mm. And that also affects the price you pay for the insurance as well, right? So if you mm. park outside on the street, you will pay higher price for it your car insurance as well. So that's one thing to consider. Yes, it all has a knock-on effect. Okay, so once you've decided that, okay, I really want the car, it's going to add to my quality of life, all that, I'm ready. Where can you actually buy the car and what you should know about it? First option is to go through a private sale. So nowadays you look online, there's a lot of platforms where you can look for used cars. So Facebook Marketplace is big. Just watch out for scams. Gumtree, which I think Kevin can probably talk more about because you bought your car through Gumtree. And I guess other buy and sell groups on Facebook, connections, people you know. But just be wary that through a private sale, this does not guarantee the quality of the car. So you need to be really wary of what to look out for when inspecting the car because if you didn't inspect it properly and there are issues afterwards, unfortunately, there's not much you can do. Yeah, like a friend I know, he bought a car through some guy in Sydney, I think. And afterwards, then he found out there was all these issues that it's not worth selling the car because you won't get much for it. But then to repair it, it's probably the cost of the car itself when you bought it so it's like double the price so it was a really tough spot so yeah it just made me super wary of buying cars through private uh, platforms yeah I, now i really advocate for uh, just get a professional mechanic to come with you to inspect your car like uh, have a look at the cars or the posting on that uh, website um, you know have a look at all the photos all the description do your own research first have a look at the person selling the car's profile to see if they are genuine account um, and then if you really like it and decide like yeah there's a good chance i'm going to buy this car then get a mechanic to inspect it it may cost you 50 to 100 bucks um, but in the wrong long run it will save you a lot a lot of money and and pain going through that process 
I didn't even know that that was an option. Yeah, or well, I I didn't know, but I guess I was just you know I was an international student, so hundred dollars back there is still a lot, mm. a lot for us. Um, and I guess I was got really lucky to get a genuine. But there was a lot of people selling lies that uh, who lie about the car, who it could got engine problem and they wouldn't tell you. Mm. Um, and then if you you know if you buy it and it got breakdown and it's it broken down, it's too bad. And also have that professional uh, mechanic will give you the flexibility to negotiate right so if you, the, the mechanic say oh there's this problem and mm. uh, but i can fix it then you can probably <laughs> say to the owner like you know this uh, little bit problem will cost me this much money to fix and one five hundred dollars off the car or something uh, i guess <laughs> with that point that you mean like uh, for the private group it is easier to negotiate than the car dealer itself Yeah, because I think with the car dealers, it's pretty much fixed unless your persuasion and negotiation skills are quite up there. But through Mm. a private sale, like if someone's listed their car for six months and they really want to get rid of it, you probably can get lucky to negotiate downwards. So I guess there is that flexibility as well. Yeah, and talking about car dealers, like they... They got higher markup as well because they got, you know, they're running a business. Mm. So they can't really go. Uh, the price they list is already included all their markup. So they have like little room to negotiate unless they really, really want to clear out stock. Um, but then with private sellers, you have more rooms to negotiate because more often than not, they don't have to pay, you know, a clerk, or an admin or something. So they don't have that overheads. Mm. Yeah. Another thing with negotiating the price at the car dealership, some car dealership will have these display models when they used to like, you know, give people test drive and to show the car and it may sit on the shelf, sit in display model for one or two years already and they just want to clear the stock of that year out. So if, if you don't mind buying a display model, it's basically brand new uh, and they still need to do all those sort of check to make sure it's working properly you know, before sell to you. Easily, I think you can get a bigger discount off a brand new car. A lot of cars, even 20 to 30%. That could be a good point to consider if you're looking to buy a, a rather new car at a car dealership. Hmm, good point, Kevin. Something to worth noting. Okay, so next one is car sale websites. Um, this one have private sales too. Uh, one of the example in Australia is carsales.com.au. Yeah, I I have never tried this website, but recently I look at this website. They're pretty informative and they have all the information you need about the car. So it looks quite trustworthy. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't used this website before as well, but it's like the biggest car sales website uh, in Australia, I think. And I guess it's like eBay for cars. Um, but yeah, it. But at the end of the day, it is private sellers selling the car so i guess all the points we mentioned about private sales still applies but maybe there is more guarantee being that it was listed on car sales yeah um would you probably more formal way like it probably give the the sale more credit but nonetheless you have to still go through the same process checking and get the um, mechanics to inspect the car yeah mm, yeah and I guess just hearing about all these stories about private sales makes me <laughs> uh, lean more towards <laughs> car dealers. So this is like the next point we want to talk about where you can actually buy a car. So 
car dealers in Australia basically are, I guess, big stores that sell cars, uh, new and secondhand. So we've got, I think there's two types. One is brand-specific dealers, so where they only sell one brand, like they're a Toyota dealer, so they only sell Toyota cars. Um, but then there are like more private car dealers that sell a variety of cars from different brands. So if you want more variety and you want to see pick and choose which car you like, then that's probably the better option. But if you're really set on getting a Toyota, then go check out a Toyota dealer. But the one thing that I learned from buying my car through a car dealer is that they will be quite pushy because obviously mm. they want you to buy the car and they will try and sell you all these additional accessories and all of these extra tinting that will cost an extra few grand and they will try and sell you car financing so that's where you get a loan uh, for the car through them or their finance partner companies uh, but just be wary that the interest rate on these loans it might sound very appealing because you're like, oh, I don't have to pay anything up front. I just have to pay $500 a month for the next five years. Mm. Uh, but the interest rate, the inherent interest rate is quite high. It could be from 5 to 12%. So I think it's probably more advisable if you're an international student to pay with the money you have and not get into any of these loans because yeah, interest rates can add up and say later on you out of a part-time job you're struggling to pay rent and then you still got to pay the car loan it's just additional extra stress to to your life yeah it could be a lot of stress and also like getting a car loan will affect your credit history and score credit score as well and if something goes bad then it will go into your bad credit record i'm not 100% sure how this will affect international students but my view is that if you're an international student in Australia, you just want to keep all your records clean whatsoever, you know, so you don't really want to get into a risk of having a bad credit record just for the sake of buying a car. So uh, I would always advocate buying uh, with your money for international students and even mm. for people. Um, let's just keep things simpler. You avoid that stress from the high interest rate and the risk of not being paying and get a bad credit report later. Yeah, and and it is very appealing because some of the car loads are approved on the spot. So you actually don't have to give that much info. You don't have to wait that long for it to be approved. And you might really find it really appealing to just go, okay, I'll just buy the car and just worry about the financing later. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess the, the positive about buying the car through a car dealer is that you know the car is in like a good condition and say if you bought it and you notice there's something wrong, you can always go back and they can fix it up for you or do something to compensate you for it. So mm. I think that would probably give a lot of peace of mind. But again, when we were talking about it before, I'm not sure how much you can negotiate it by. Quick story, uh, an old colleague of mine in uh, my old job in Sydney he bought a new Mazda um, like SUV from a car dealer and uh, it was very unlucky with that car because it keeps breaking down with different things, uh, different minor things and he has to keep going back to the dealer probably four or five times. But what I'm saying is they uh, at the end they still fix it. So like he brought it back, right? And then she told them the error, the problem. And they say, okay, like, uh, we'll fix it. We'll order the new part and replace it for, for you. So at the end, he still got the car fixed all for free. 
because that's a car dealer promise, right? I think they got mm-hmm. like two or three years, or even five years, if you can negotiate of insurance of not insurance, the warranty, so they can fix all that you know damage for you for free. So that's the good thing about car dealership is generally more reliable than private sales mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. after sales service. And you mentioned before, Chang, about negotiating the price with car dealers. So uh, when you bought your car, did you negotiate price with them? I honestly can't remember. <laughs> 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 I was trying to rack my brain and I'm like, I can't he's, remember. He's like, this. Uh, those little change, I'm too rich. I'm too <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I don't remember those change. <laughs> thousand so i didn't remember no i'm kidding uh, my memory is just getting worse and worse side story so uh, i feel like i'm just losing my memory no I, so. I, I don't blame you it was six years ago so it was quite a long time ago <laughs> i'll ask my husband and come back to you and see if he remembers <laughs> i think uh, for me i private sales i think i did negotiate but not as hard as i could Because it was our first time buying a car. Mm, I think they yeah. were asking for $8,500. And we say can we pay $8,000? And they say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is when you know that you negotiate uh, badly. Because if they if they quickly say, yep, okay, no worries. <laughs> then, you know, you buy, you're still buying it at a higher price than you could. But uh, anyway, it's, it's okay. It was our first car. So with car dealer, I, I feel like... Maybe you can on a general rule, uh, like it depends on how how expensive the car is as well, right? But normally you can probably ask for five to ten percent discount. Do you feel the same? Um, probably depend on the market as well. So maybe not in not in this market. Mm-hmm. In this market, it's still quite hot. Uh, but I have seen the market comes down a little bit, and I know people buying a uh, new and secondhand car now can ask for like maybe two to five percent off. Um, but in you know in a hot hot market like the one right after the pandemic, there's no way you can get any discount at all. But one of my friend bought her car uh, in uh, one of the car dealership, probably one year before we bought our car. I remember she got a good deal, like she got um, maybe a few hundred dollars knock off the price. But also because she does this financing and it was a bad market for the dealer. So they really want to sell cars and they offer her like 0% finance. So like she can pay off the car in three years or five years without any interest. So, um, you know, that's that's what it is with a dealership uh, in terms of negotiation. It's not just about price. If you finance, you can negotiate a lower interest rate as well. Mm-hmm. And also you can uh, negotiate the add-ins is like if they offer three years warranty um, or service, you can uh, ask for five years. And then if they uh, have these all these accessories that they keep trying to upsell you, like uh, install a roof rack for $500, get window tinted, you know, all that sort of stuff. You can actually ask like, can you do that for cheaper price or even free? Um, and some of them would just to get the car to be sold. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Maybe we should do another episode on negotiations because I know your <laughs> negotiation skills at JV Hi-Fi is oh. up there. <laughs> you, were, you were quite surprised when I t- told you we can negotiate price at yeah, 30 Yeah, that's something <laughs> I did not know. So maybe we need to do a short episode on this. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Bring that uh, bargaining power. <laughs>
Okay, so I think that covers、um, pretty much everything. When you need the way you can buy a car and what、mm-hmm. you should know from those sources,、um, and、uh, obviously there's probably other sources as well. But、uh, we just mentioned, you know, the most popular one here. So after you bought your car, what's next then?、Uh, because I remember when I was buying a car, I thought that's it. I thought like after I pay the money and got the car, that would be the end. <laughs> I drive to the sunset happily ever after, but uh, it uh, it wasn't like that. I and it was actually quite surprised、uh, or caught off guard with all these after sale costs and also after sale、uh, process, because there's quite a lot of them. So first off, you have to register the car at the service、uh, center. Like depends on your state, you may. I think nowadays you can do it、uh, online, pretty much everywhere. So before you pay the money and get the car, right, or before you go even inspect it,、um, you need to know the process of transferring ownership for the car. For example, if you live in New South Wales,、um, go on the Service New South Wales website and read about transferring ownership for a car. Make sure you gather all the documents that they ask for from yourself, and make sure the sellers have、uh, their required documents as well in order to have a smooth transfer of ownership process. Because you don't want to buy a car and then go back home and go okay re- let's register it and find out that you're missing the driver license number or or some important document required from the seller, and then you have to ring them back again and chase them up and get those documents you know, and if 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 they already sold the car they no rush to get, give you those documents so, <laughs>、um, if you're re- really really unlucky that could be a painful process so better get on top of it first. Yeah, and I haven't had that experience where I bought it from a private seller because we bought it from a car dealer. But I remember we just had to go to the service center and register it because I guess the owner of the car was the car dealer, so it wasn't as much of a painful process for us. But one interesting thing because each car will come with a number plate, and the one that we got was、um, I think it was BX thirteen. TT or something, and because I don't know if you're superstitious, but to me, thirteen is like an、yeah. unlucky number. Unlucky so, number thirteen. <laughs> yeah, so we actually asked the service center if we could swap the license,、uh, the number plate for another one. So we picked something better. So it's just a side tip for anyone if you <laughs> want to change your license plate. What did you pick? Eight, eight, eight. For eight, or this lucky number that we bring twelve, <laughs> is that why you don't don't remember how if you bring negotiate at all? <laughs> no, um, they only give you like three or four options of license plates to pick. So、oh, okay, I something with number ten. So、oh, <laughs> that that was the best option out there. <laughs> oh, ten from here. <laughs>、uh, yep. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, that's 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 a good thing to、uh, to say. Um. Uh, and that's that level of details. You know what I mean? Like,、um, you might not、uh, <laughs> if you pay not pay attention in that, and you go home, you're not happy with your number plates. Then、mm. maybe it's another painful process to go through. So better check everything first to make sure you're happy.、Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is the more painful, or I guess expensive part is the ongoing costs. So this is what you have to pay every year. In addition to the upfront cost of buying a car, so I'll just go through them pretty quickly. 
So we've got the registration or in short rego. So this is to register your car every year and it's about three to four hundred dollars. Um, and if your car is, I think, past a certain year where it was made, like it was, if it's a certain year old, um, then you have to pay inspection fees to the mechanic as well so that they can deem it roadworthy for another year. So that's an additional 50 bucks around that. So the radio is green slip, right? And the um, safety thing is called pink slip. Um, that's just the terms. Do you know about that? <laughs> I do, but it's it's like so confusing with all the colors. Yeah, so I, just... <laughs> I know. And I, uh, but yeah, basically you pay a, a cheaper fee for the mechanics. Could be your local mechanics, because almost uh, all mechanics provide this. They just do a quick check, um, mm. and they take probably charge you fifty dollars, and uh, they stamp you know the car is roadworthiness, and uh, then you can go online to renew your registration because they're gonna ask for that. If your car passes certain, was it five mm. or ten years? I don't want to give a number because I'm not yeah. sure. But but uh, there and it could be different from state to state as well. Mm. And most of the time, if you're an international student, you may buy a secondhand car, so that fee could very well be applied for you. The next thing you need to take care of is uh, uh, insurance. So there are two two kinds of insurance in for the car in here. So first one is everyone have to buy this. Insurance is called compulsory third party CPT insurance. It costs about three hundred to four hundred dollars. Um, it is highly recommend. Like, sorry, not everyone. Uh, some people don't buy it, but I think it's very uh, silly not buying this because um, that is the insurance for the other person. You know, if you in case of an accident. So, like, if you in an accident, on road accident, and uh, you are at fault. So, like, if you hit someone a car with your car then that insurance will pay for the repair of the other person's car. So you don't have, you, you still have to pay, but not the full amount. You pay an excess. It's, it's normally $700, $800 excess. Um, and the car insurance, uh, sir, will pay the rest for you. Uh, so this insurance does not cover your own car, because if you want to cover your own car, you have to buy comprehensive insurance. And that may cost uh, double or triple, so that may cost anywhere between seven hundred to twelve hundred, or even more if your car is in a certain category. Um, mm. So with that insurance, if you're in an accident, then you are covered for your car as well. And I highly uh, recommend buying, you know, this kind of insurance because that way you're at peace of mind that when you drive, that if anything bad happen, um, the person on the other end got covered and yourself got covered. Yeah. To emphasize that, both types of insurances are highly recommended. So please do really think about getting both of them. And I think with the comprehensive insurance, it's like when... And again, shop around. There's a lot of insurance providers. Some will be cheaper than others. But the really cheap ones, you just got to read the terms and conditions to make sure that it really covers you for what it's saying and if there's any like exclusions and stuff like that. But generally, you do like a questionnaire where you like say where you live uh where the car is going to be stored in the garage or out in the street and the year of the car the mod the model the color and actually this is an interesting point but did you know that white cars would like the premium uh, the insurance premium on white cars is less expensive than other colored cars 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, because the reason is uh, when you drive in at night time, white car is easier to spot. Mm. Yep. I didn't know this as a start, but when I was picking the color for our second car, um, because I was driving up to Sydney a lot for work. You know, from my research, I realized that at night time it's better to drive like a you know bright color, and best mm. is not a white color, so that you can be seen uh, yep. easier. Um, so yeah, in terms of safety, it is very good as well to choose a white car, and that's why it it is more popular in you know selling website, and also uh, it has less you know, cost in insurance, um, and also you know insurance if you get like a say like a um, sedan car uh, so if your car is go faster for example than compare between a Toyota Camry or sedan uh, sedan and an SUV for example the, the sedan may cost you more insurance because they deem like more sporty like <laughs> they yeah there's all sort of weird things the insurer uh, used to assess but basically they say like this car is go faster so there's um, higher risks of getting in an accident rather than an SUV or something wow that's really interesting I did not know that um the other type of I guess insurance and this is not compulsory but it's good to have is called roadside assistance So this is where, like, say, if you break down in the middle of the highway or you accidentally lock your keys in the car and you can't get in, then you get this roadside assistance where someone from the insurance company will drive out to you and help you. Or even, like, changing your tire, like, on the freeway or something. Um, Kevin, I believe you have a few stories to share about yeah. how roadside assistance saved you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have two times. Like, I know I, I, I said that like, my... Suzuki Smurf surface <laughs> wall, but now when I was doing the note choice episode, I remember back and I was like, "Oh, it actually broken down twice. <laughs> it's not broken down, but once, one time it it had a flat tire, so something you know, some of the sharp thing poked into one of the tire. I didn't know, and when only when I drove out to the road, then I I found out. So that's when I called the roadside assistance. I think we were with NMA back then, so we were with the insurer and I may and we like uh, as part of the insurance we buy this little extra service I think it costs about $70 back then $70 a year or something so I think it's worth it because I call the uh, roadside assistance and um, literally maybe five or ten minutes later they are there they are really really fast and um, it's basically a mechanic with his uh, tool with his youth with all the tools box uh, at the at the back and he just like quickly changed my I think changed my tire fix everything up right there in the spot and the whole th- and I'm back to the road in less than half an hour so it was really really good and all for free because I bought that if I haven't bought that roadside assistance a call out fee like that probably cost the same probably gonna be seven to hundred dollars um, you know mm-hmm. seventy to hundred dollars already so mm-hmm. I highly recommend buying roadside assistance. It costs you little compared to the insurance itself over a year, but you have that peace of mind that if your car broken down and you got it fixed. Oh yeah, the other time it was just a, a small engine problem. <laughs> it wasn't major, uh, but I believe it was uh, just a minor problem, and I got that fixed as well. The same same experience. So very happy with that. <laughs> yes, must have. I think. <laughs> yeah and, and good that after that it 
it ran like perfectly never broke down again so and i sold it ready so finger crossed it keep running well for the new owner <laughs> <laughs> that's the insurance and all the paperwork stuff and i think the other ongoing costs uh like more obvious common ones like fuel um depending on how far you drive you may need to fuel up once a week, twice a month, whatever. Mm. But we all know fuel prices are going up around the world. So something extra to plan for in terms of your budgeting. Yeah, fuel is very expensive these days, right? So that is a big cost to consider. So uh, that is actually a big uh, factor to consider as well when you decide what kind of car you want to buy. Because if you say you want to buy uh, a very big SUV with you know, um, V6 engine or something <laughs> like that, it could cost you double or triple in fuel compared to just a normal car or even a more uh, fuel-efficient car like a hybrid, for example. Um, you know, that could save you a lot of money in the long term for fuel. With maintenance, right, it's, um, I'll say, it's, it's good to get like a, a, a local mechanic that you, you trust and you may pay... A little bit more each time you service so that could be every six months or every one year uh, but i think you would save a lot more because if you just find the cheapest mechanics and you know it could get dodgy and they could do a rush job and you may end up need to service more time in a year than you should yeah so main maintenance and car parts it's it depends on how lucky you are i guess or how unlucky you are with the mm. car if you need to maintain it more and there's more things going wrong or you need to change lots of parts in the cars, but it could really add up to a few hundred dollars or even in the, in the thousands if there's something majorly wrong. So just something to keep your eye out for and just keep your emergency money there in case you need to have unexpected bills. Yep. Um, and I see your note. The last note you put in here is the time spent on it, right? Because also time is money. So yeah. how much time you spend? Oh, I should ask <laughs> how much time your husband spent <laughs> on maintaining your car, Jack, or washing it. Oh well, fun fact: I wash the cars. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So. It, oh, sorry. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you're right. Like time spent on it is actually a lot of time if if you want to wash it like weekly that's one or two hours each week and again it depends on where you live as well if you live in an apartment and you don't have any like yard space to wash your car you need to take mm. it to the car wash and wash it mm. and pay money or pay more yeah. money for someone else to wash it for you right um so that's extra time and money and yeah maintaining uh, again, depending on how lucky you are the car, if it's just like little jobs, it could just take half an hour just to fill up the water in the windscreen, stu windscreen stuff like that. But yeah, time that you don't really expect that you need to spend, but you do need to spend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I check out that, uh, you know, the washing places that it's not really washing, but it's auto washing. You just drive the car in slowly yes. and all this water and jet and, you know, um, mm -hmm. I tried once. It was cheap, like it was probably $10 uh, compared to say if you bring it to a, a car wash proper shop, it probably costs you 50 to 100 bucks, depends on where you go to, right? So mm -hmm. it's cheaper, but uh, when I go back home, just, I still find dust everywhere, right? Uh, and but actually, I saw a, I don't remember who, but I saw someone 
who go through that process with two people, right? One people drive, one person drive the car in, and the other person just like wear waterproof clothing or something like a raincoat and just get outside and scrub it themselves very quick when when all that jetting happens. So they get wet, but they make sure the car sparkles clean. <laughs> So I I don't know if that that's worth like a um, completely <laughs> that experience, but uh, yeah, I probably would rather wash a car myself at home or bring it to a car wash shop. Um, yeah, it could take you I don't know if you're really good at it, maybe fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to half an hour washing the car. If you get really detailing, maybe an hour. <laughs> so that's the time you spend as well. But yeah. Cool. All right. Well, good to know about the automatic washing <laughs> thing because I did want to try because it, it looked fun and it looks like minimal effort required. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It uh, maybe you can drive the car in and your husband can uh, you know <laughs> be the person outside scruffing your car. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun experience. All right. Well, that was our episode on buying a car as an international student, but really it could be applicable to most people. Um, but we hope it was useful information for you because, yeah, it definitely was good of us to put it together. Like, it, I felt like it was quite informative for, for me as well to just jog my memory as to if I want to buy another car, what should I consider? So hope it was some, somewhat useful for you. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it around with your friends. And if you haven't followed us on our social media, please do at the Koala Club podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye.